Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast with my co-host, my co-pilot, the birthday boy, Evan Zamerl. On today's show, Austin Carr is redacted for the Cavs. It's a kids-friendly show. After the Cavs won 105-92 to Wednesday night for its debut, Darius Garland also returned after missing four games with a back issue. Let's get into everything Cavs and that win and Levert's debut on today's show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get too deep into today's show, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, where we're over a thousand subs on the way to 1500. Help us get there by, let's say, the All Star break. That's next week. Go subscribe today. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online. That's where the game starts. Evan. Karis Levert's debut, 28 minutes, 11.4 of them from the field, one of three from three, two assists, zero turnovers coming off the bench for the Cleveland Cavaliers, again, in a 13-point win at home against the San Antonio Spurs. What did you think of Levert's debut? I think he looked pretty good, all things considered. I didn't really have that much of expectations considering he only had one practice, but I, I, I was never really too concerned about his fit and just how he would debut with the Cavs. I think talent trumps everything. I think being in a winning situation – Versus being what he was in in Indiana. Granted, I don't think Cleveland is going to be competing for a championship, but I, I appreciate the optimism and the hashtag gets us crowd up appreciates it too. Um, but yeah, no, he, he looked good. I think he does add a new wrinkle, a new dynamic to Cleveland's offense. I think the Jared Allen alley oops are a lot of fun too. There's a lot to unpack here, but let me get your thoughts. Yeah, I, I thought he was good. I think him coming off the bench is interesting. I think we'll see how that progresses going forward. But what I will say is that I think he clearly provided value. I think he clearly provided something this team needs. We saw him creating his own shot, creating for others a little bit off of Darius Garland pick and rolls that were work that didn't go anywhere, actions that didn't go anywhere. We saw him be a guy that's going to fill in these spaces after that initial action. And I think that was something that really, really was missing from this Cavs team, right? Like this was something that we we clearly thought this team kind of needed. It made the offense stagnated times when they didn't have these other avenues to go, particularly since Rubio and Sexton have been down. This was a guy that I, I think even if, you know, you, he didn't play like a great game, like this wasn't like an A-level carousel game. He just scored 40 points the other night. This guy's capable of much more output than we saw from him in this particular debut. But what I think we saw was a guy that's going to fill certain things. You saw him make transit. You saw him just be able to make decisions and play comfortably with the ball in his hand. And you saw the J.B. Bickerstaff is going to empower him to do so, right? Like, I think one of the things we wanted to see was, okay, is J.B. going to embrace this guy from day one? Is he going to take him and kind of put him in, in the thick of things right away? And he did that. And I, and I think that is an interesting place to start. It was interesting to see that he plays with Garland to start. And then he's, you know, he separated the two by playing with Rondo. Um, so I, I, how he's used and who he's used with will be interesting to, to look at moderate going forward. What I do think is that the, the early returns, the value he's providing, um, I, I think was, was, was a positive from the get go. You clearly have an idea of what the plan is within this cap structure for, for carousel for it as of we understand him right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I am curious to see whether or not he remains a fixture on the bench for the Cavs or whether or not he starts. 
I, I talked about this with Mac Robinson when he was hosting for Chico the other night. Like, do you want to downgrade the defense quite a bit with Isaac Okoro going to the bench and upgrade the offense probably again quite a bit by starting Karis Levert? I think JB Bickerstaff also as a coach is going to empower him. You saw Levert doing a little bit of just some things that he did in Brooklyn, some things that he tried to do in Indiana when it was out of the uh, ecosystem of Carlisle's offense. Bickerstaff made it clear that they don't run set plays every possession. He'd rather let his players just play through the flow of the offense and just pick and choose on how things look and how things are going. You definitely noticed whenever Karis Levert was on the floor, players are setting a hell of a lot more picks and setting a lot more screen rolls in those scenarios, especially Kevin Love. Like he was trying to get Karis Levert some clean looks from the top of the key as much as possible. But yeah, I'm just, I, I, I can't complain much. I think this is the guy the Cavs always wanted to get once Rubio and Sexton went down for the year. I think this is the guy that's just been always linked to the Cavs. And I think this was a good, Way to see how things went. And granted, the Spurs team plays harder than the record indicates, but they still are a bad team at the end of the day. And I wonder how they will look. I mean, they play Indiana on Friday, so it's not really a good indicator, but they play Philly immediately after that. So I, I wonder how they'll look against a, a Philadelphia team that might have James Harden. Who knows? We're recording this on the uh, the day of the deal zone, more or less. So we'll see what goes there. But yeah, I'm just. Uh, it was a good debut. Let's just see how it goes. I'd like to have a full, a, a, a deeper sample size than one game before I fully bake my takes. But it's a promising sign of things to come. Yeah, I think again, you do want to see it develop. You do want to like give a chance for some data to accumulate for for him to get more comfortable, for him to get you know practice time is is fleeting, and the All Star breaks coming up, and guys will go their separate ways. And this this is one of the tricky things about integration of new pieces and things. But look, we saw a guy that you know, clearly just played at a, at a, in a comfortable level, looked comfortable, was aggressive. I, th- I think the the effort level was, was high for him coming into a new situation. Um, I, I think his fit with Darius, I think is just going to be clean again. Like this is not like an AA plus fit. I think that's, that's still the thing you see, you know, his first shot being a catch and shoot three was like kind of like a funny thing because that's not what he's really going to provide. He's going to provide you being six, 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 seven and creating and, and attacking off the dribble and things. But like he took a, a three pointer comfortably and he made it. And I, I think the other big thing from this game, per, you know, perhaps just a bigger reminder for what this team's all about is that Darius Garland comes back and, and looked incredible. Darius Garland was like just flat out awesome in this game. Um, didn't miss a beat coming back after missing four games with that back issue. And like, Evan, you look at Darius and it's like, yeah, like getting Karis Levert is nice. Getting Karis Levert is needed. Like this team is better for having Karis Levert. Darius Garland is the engine of this basketball team. Darius Garland oh, absolutely. Is, is the is the dude on this basketball team. Like Mobley played well. Allen played well. Like I get why Austin Carr is horny for the Cavs when I watch Darius <laughs> Garland play. Hey, good Lord. Darius Garland, 30 minutes, 12 of 15 from the field, three of three from three, six assists, did have six turnovers, 27 points, four of the five Cavs starters in double digits, with Lover being the fifth guy in double figures off the bench. Um, Look, Evan, the Cavs won by 13 on a night where, like, Kevin Love was three of 13. Jetty Osmond only took four shots and played 20 minutes. Probably notable that Osmond only played 20, um, and we only saw, like, Lamar Stevens in in a cameo appearance, basically, in, in Karis Lover's first game. That's probably worth monitoring going forward. But they won cleanly, kind of had a bad first quarter. Garland kind of comes more alive as the game goes on. I, I don't think there's like very much to look at this game and say, okay, this this didn't go the Cavs' way. This was an impressive performance, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
I don't, I felt like everything for the most part in this game, some little stuff, obviously, you know, but it, like big picture wise, like this is as good of his debut as I think you would kind of hope for for Levert and, and getting a win in Garland's return is, is just as a big deal as the East remains pretty competitive. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. It, like I said, they play Philly not too soon and it appears that Adrian Wojnarowski is walking back his initial takes. I think, his is car coming from the Brooklyn side of things, but um, well, we're, we're I would say reporting, not takes. Let's there's there's a difference. He's reporting and, things well, he's heard, and it seems like they're very skewed on the Brooklyn side of things. But if Philadelphia does get James Harden, I I don't know if he will play because the hamstring thing might be legit because it was a problem for him last year when he was at the Nets as well. Um, but that definitely shifts the dynamic of what Philadelphia is working with because they might have to gut part of their roster as well in order to get James Harden. And, I mean, shouts to Daryl Morey for remaining firm and going big-name hunting with Ben Simmons. But at the end of the day, that could be a completely different ball game if James Harden is available. If not, it could be still a pretty tough matchup for the Cavs, but, like, they have to get through Indiana first. This is a team that they... Struggled with a little bit. Granted, those when Dominic Sabonis was still on the team, Miles Turner will not be available, I would assume, when they play Indiana on Friday. But yeah, this is um, getting a win in Darius Garland's return is good. You just got to keep this positive momentum going. Maybe if Garland's back is still a long term issue, you find a way to maybe rest him against Indiana because you want to have all hands on deck when they play Philly. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. Cavs, again, do play Philly this weekend. Um, and it's, it's trade deadline day. We'll see if the Cavs make any more moves. We'll see if this Harden thing goes through a very big day in the NBA. With the, and the Cavs, of course, already made their move. All right, Evan, after the break, we're getting into awards. That is MVP stat of the night and play of the night. But first, going to tell everyone about Bet Online, the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football you know, it wraps up. There's still a ton to go. There's the big game on Sunday, but there's college hoops, pro hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and real lifetime updates of current games. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news of the season. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for the 2022 season and, you know, for the big game this weekend. That's BetOnline, and that is where the game starts. Check them out today at BetOnline.net, the best spot for all of your betting needs. Evan, uh, let's get into awards. There's one MVP here, and it's Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. Dude's, dude's, an all, dude's a deserving all-star. Dude is vital to this cast. I mean, hey, now, he is an all-star. He got his game on and played, but... Yeah, like I said, I get why Austin Carr is horny for the Cavs. This Cavs team has a different dynamic, has a different level when they have him on the floor. I, I am curious to see maybe how they look like Friday if they decide just to like actively rest him before the game against Philly this weekend and wonder maybe if they play Karis Levert at the point a little bit because J.B. Bakerstaff thought Levert's a 2-3 in their offense, but he has the ability to be a 1-3 through three, as Levert shared with the media, but... Um, he's him saying he can guard fours was also like at times he like I like that he like slipped in the little caveat of like sometimes like yeah. he's not like I can't really do this but like I'm like okay you you understand yourself and I respect that I mean like Phoenix plays Jay Crowder at the four I think he could defend Jay yeah, Crowder you, in scenarios yeah, okay, yeah that but that's like different than like, like a like some a other four but yeah 
Yeah, Darius is clearly by and far the MVP. Like the Cavs offense just looks so juiced while he's out there. They always look juiced while he's out there. He plays freely. He does have some like Steve Nash like qualities to him. Um, he uh, really got us like as a uh, older Cavs fans when he said his favorite All Star moment was watching Kyrie cook Brandon Knight in the Rising Stars game on the jumbotron last night. So it was a uh, it was a uh, it's always fun to see Darius out there. Um, yeah, it's just, he's the MVP. Like there's no other better player for the Cavs last night, just consistently from wire to wire. And he played it on limited minutes too, which is even more impressive. Yeah. Uh, dude's very, very good basketball player. Okay. Uh, Evan play of the night for me. I'm going to do a kind of a, a Chris Manning thing here because this is what I do. So eight forty two left in the third quarter. Uh, we see Jared Allen who, uh, you know, not an all-star, but, you know, in our hearts, if not, you know, in reality, we'll be on the rising in the in the skills challenge, which I, I, I think will be funky and weird. Uh, he posts up Derek White on, on a switch and he dribbles into lane, goes to his left and looks like he's maybe going for like an offhand hook. But he passes right to Isaac Okoro in the corner that he kind of read that they were going to leave o- McDermott and the others were going to leave Okoro in the corner. Just him making passes out of the out of posting up is such an advancement from I, I think where he was like last year. And I think it's just another a reminder that like this guy has a little more to his game than we thought even beginning of the season. Uh, this was just kind of also like a really good Okora game. He looked really confident. He was four six. He played with a ton of effort and energy on both ends of the floor, particularly on the defensive end. Um, there's a very, there's a clip going around of him just putting Doug McDermott in like, just, just I don't want to say prison because like prison is just has such a negative connotation, but just like a very uncomfortable position of just him tracking him around like really, really good stuff on this play. Jared Allen has shown some growth and like, this was like a little thing, but like you love to see Jared Allen, not just like attacking those mismatches and and going for a bucket, but he made a really good read and, and, and got hit an open shooter. And like, that's just, that's just growth, baby. That's growth. It really is growth. Um, sorry. You said prison has such a negative connotation. It made me think of the season one finale of Dave where we watched that, like eight minute, montage of him and his song about going to jail after exposing himself to kids on stage but okay uh, enough enough about dave evan let's move on no yeah no that's a good that's a good that's a good play that i pick uh mine are my first one's a little silly it's just kevin love's dunk attempt i respect kevin love at like 48 years old to be attempting a dunk with his 10 inches of vert it, it was like watching zach randolph trying to jump over a phone book but that was just my tongue-in-cheek play the night pick, but my honest play the night pick was early in the game, Karis LeVert checks in, and he really showed his offensive impact and the upside he could have add to Cleveland's offense is like a secondary playmaker and a secondary creator where he drives into the lane. This is what he was kind of brought in to do is to provide pressure at the rim from the from the from the top of the key. And instead of just attempting like a layup, or I think he drew two defenders. He did a wraparound pass and kicked it to Isaac Okoro along the baseline. And Isaac Okoro was wide open for three during that three pointer. Shouts to Isaac Okoro. He's looking more and more comfortable from the perimeter as well. But like simple plays like that where like you read what the defense is giving you and you kick out to more efficient and obviously more valuable shot is always a good thing in my book and something I'll definitely award and shout out. Other than that, it's the uh, alley-oop through the Jared Allen. Like, that's just fun. Like I, I hope the Cavs have more of that in their uh, back pocket soon. Yeah, I, I think him and Allen having some chemistry, could it could matter. Like It could matter, and a lot of them hit the ground running in a way that I think will be worth kind of monitoring in that little... Even if you get one or two of those a game and it's just another guy to throw passes to Jared Allen, like that's, that's not a 
bad thing to kind of to have to you lean little on rat time you stole okay. my stat of the night this is the only stat of the night i literally like was going to intro this and not steal it you know i was going to give you credit you put this in there. i think tom valentine on twitter was the first person i saw it from to give a full shout out but um well the cat the, you you say it. I, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a thief. Well, Evan, okay. So first you, off, the Cavs had never lost on my birthday whenever I've attended. Um, Chris Manning had me working on my birthday, folks. Also, yeah, I I I had you working on your birthday. Okay, thank you. Yeah. That's also, the Cavs have not won 34 games in a full season without LeBron since 1997-1998 season. So I was four turning five when that happened. <laughs> Can I, I can I Evan? I want to I want to give an edict here. I want to say this. I think we are. I think the LeBron stuff is going to keep. Like we're going to keep seeing like moments and and statistical well, like, like markers that like this franchise's legacy like, is attached to that man. So yeah, which is which is like uh which which is unfortunate, right? Like I think to some degree, like it is like unfortunate for them that so much of their history is just defined by this one guy just because like i think it it like at a certain point it is just probably like annoying to like have to think about that to some degree but here's the other thing i the thing i want to say is i think we should like note them the rest of the year as they come up maybe like or keep like a running tally of some kind and then like mention them at the end of the year and try to focus on the now can we i think we should i think we should do that just to like I think they obviously tell you how far this team has come, but I think that is a point we will keep making it over and over again. I mean, it just also like just also really quantifies the overall success of this season too, is just the fact that they've yeah. have hit this milestone and it's the first time they've hit this high since you and I were not even in school yet. Yeah, we were, we were youth. We were youths. We, we were just... toddlers, technically speaking. Yeah, we were just, you know, some young, some young folks and, uh, you know the Cavs are competent again in a way that they haven't been in a long, long time. Uh, the, Evan, the other thing I, yeah, the other thing I want to just again just to shout this out is four starters in double figures, and Levert five guys in double figures. Pretty balanced scoring sheet for the Cavs, even if Garland like had twenty seven and stuff. Um, kind of, kind of have to feel good about that offensive output in, in terms of how it looked and how it felt, and in a way that it felt easy to me. And the stats I think kind of bear that out. Okay, after the break, we're gonna get into some final deadline day trade deadline day stuff and some other little notes from the game. But Evan, you're going to tell everyone first about our friends. I absolutely am folks. You can save time and money when using rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low and for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tear lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. Evan, you might need you might need a rock auto part after your voice there. You okay? Everything good? Yeah, you know, it's just waking up uh, about an hour ago. It's the it's the pre morning allergy stuff still clearing up, but I'm okay. Okay, good. Or get you like a carburetor or, or something to kind of get you going, you little machine man. But Evan, final note from this game. We've said it. I, I want to just point it out again. 
Really, really good Isaac Okoro game. Yeah, he was great. Uh, also a very good, I think, for the mo- like scoring wise, a little lot inefficient, missed a couple threes and stuff. But like Evan Mobley uh, looked pretty good, looked like a monster in in a lot of ways in this game. Just remains a ridiculous NBA player. Yeah, uh, I, I really absolutely agree. I think fans I saw were pointing out the fact that he's like shooting like twenty something percent from three point range. You want him shooting those shots. You want him to feel comfortable shooting those shots. Isaac Okoro was pretty bad shooting wise from three point range, but he's finally turning a corner on it too. You want Evan Mobley to unlock that next level of his offensive game. And if he's trying to take those shots in his rookie season, what the hell? It's not really going to affect the final scores we see at the end of the day. But, yeah, this was a good Mobley game. This was a good Okoro game. This is just a good game overall. Um, a hot take. I think the Cavs are so much better when they have Darius Garland on the floor because he really is the engine that makes this offense run. Yeah, Evan, I, I usually like twice a week I've been tracking Mobley's um, just relative impact on both sides of the ball and just with the catch-all stats and I said just to kind of give myself uh, uh, an idea. Mobley this year in terms of p- people at his position, so he's listed as a power forward on dunks and threes, and he does play a lot of power forward. But he's in the 90th percentile of defensive impact, uh, according to their estimated plus-minus. And he's like a little below average on offense, which I think tracks. But the defense that he's playing as a rookie is just like absurd. And I understand like the offensive stuff will define him in a lot of ways, I think, in his development. Like that will be the thing next year when we do a season preview. Like I guarantee we will spend a lot of time talking about his his offense and what his offensive game and his growth will need to look like. But the dude is already just a, a ridiculous defender. And I think that that is clearly so much the identity of of him in this team right now that I just just kind of keep that in mind a little bit. Okay. Evan, it's trade deadline day. Yeah. The Cavs, I, they've made their big move. I think we 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 know that. Yes. Do you, do you feel like that another trade is absolutely necessary? I I this is I I tend to think that maybe that there is a need to do something. Right. I think you could argue that like the 15 minute roster, you would like to upgrade it in certain spots. Like I, you know, he's not going. It doesn't seem like he's going to Moscow, but like you you'd probably like to upgrade on the on the Kevin Pango spot. You would like to maybe upgrade on like the edge of this roster, but the core of this rotation and this team, I think, is set. I think maybe you want to find a bio guy if possible if you can clear a roster spot. Um, I, I think there's obviously some financial considerations and and things that could help you make a deal with the exceptions you still have with the and potentially you know. Uh, but you also fit a full roster right now. So you have to move on from someone in a trade. Like these things are not exactly the cleanest way to like go out and get someone. But I, I think they've made their big move. I don't know if a, another trade is necessary. It would be maybe optimal to maximize your 50 man roster depth. But I think the, the core of the roster is sort of set. And I don't know if like another smaller move is going to change the trajectory of the team in a meaningful way. Yeah. I, I really don't think, I mean, unless Dennis Schroeder, ends up in Cleveland. I'm a big advocate. I think Schroeder and just upgrading the overall backup point guard position is just something the Cavs need to prioritize, whether it's through trade or through buyouts. I think, like you said, the Cavs have cashed in their main asset in the rookie Rubio contract. They let the exception expire in the process, but I think we all kind of just ex- maybe expected this to happen, especially because Jake Fisher reported that when the Knicks and I believe the it was the Knicks and the Spurs, I believe, were getting involved in the Karis LeVert trade, it pushed the uh, Cavs to kind of get a deal done now instead of at the deadline. And I think it's also beneficial for Cleveland to get LeVert back into the building as soon as possible so you can kind of get him acclimated to the roster. And the Cavs had the luxury of having a practice before 
Wednesday's game as well. So I think it just worked out to, it was a lot more cleaner to do it that way. But um, it, I'm interested to see what the Cavs do. They do have some smaller contracts they can move. They can move Ed Davis. They could move Kevin Pangos, which are two positions. I think they need to upgrade on just a little bit, just in terms of just emergency center depth and point guard depth as well. I think the center depth is a little less pressing just because of the overabundance of big men Cleveland has on their roster to begin with. But at this point, unless like a trade truly materializes that the Cavs somehow become like a third team to like flip a player, whether it's the uh, trade that gets Cam Reddish to the Lakers that sacrifices Taylor Horton Tucker, the Cavs get involved in that, or they get involved for a second time in James Harden trade. I just don't really see them making move between now and 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, they, they could, they realistically could, but I think they're going to transition towards looking at what the buyout market is. And there's a lot of names that have been reported out there. And there's been a lot of just interesting pieces that could become available. I'm curious who Cleveland could sign. If I had like a wish list, I think mm-hmm. maybe adding Gary Harris would be ideal, but I know I'm saying back a point, that, but like adding a shooter is always it, a good thing. Gary, Gary Harris is the one yeah. to me because if Gary, if you get Gary Harris, if the Cavs really I don't have something he, cooking. I, if they add Gary Harris to their roster, like I, I don't know, I I think like I don't know if I would say go as far as to say like he changes. I don't think he's like an impactful enough player to like change the trajectory. Not the trajectory, like, but you're adding shooting to this offense, which is always a welcome thing in the NBA. Well, and I and I I, I talking to to a uh, friend of the program, voice of the the Magic Radio, Jake Chapman. Um, I was asking about Gary Harris and Terrence Ross, like we go just picking his brand and what they've been because he watches that team all the time. And he had said that Harris has been a good, he's shooting 39% from three this year. He said he thinks the defense has been a little worse since he got to Orlando, but like that could be an effort thing. And the, and the, the off the overall numbers bear this out, but he's having kind of a bounce back offensive season. He's got a, a the, the best true shooting percentage that he's had since 2018. He's got the best affi- effective field goal percentage he's had since 2018, which is around when some of those core injuries started. This would be a guy that like, I, I, you know, you wouldn't retain his bird rights and things in the offseason, which is like kind of a, a bummer. But like this would be a guy that at, at 27 would be another wing piece you could use, I think would clearly be helpful if you could bring him in and, and have him be like, look, I, I think like he would be ahead of like Dean Wade. He would obviously be an upgrade on Dylan Windler. He would obviously be an upgrade on Lamar Stevens. He would be um, a, another like guy you could play with, like in terms of playing with Okoro and having a guy that can be like a, a fiend on, on that end of the floor. Like there's, there's a lot to like about that fit. If you could figure it off, I think you'd certainly, he's a guy that you'd want to find a way to like, like I, I it's a guy you'd honestly want, not just for now, but for mm-hmm. going forward. And that like not retaining his bird rights and things makes it like a little, you know, complicated as far as that goes, but also Evan importantly, perhaps importantly to, to a certain guy who cuts those checks, yeah, he's a Michigan State guy, and you know we we know we know what JB Bickerstaff says about the grit of the Michigan State well, Michigan State Spartans that that come through. You know, it's just a clearly an important yeah, an important and vital thing. There. I'm gonna keep pitching names to you. Um, Eric Eric yeah, Bledsoe is a buyout candidate with Portland. Would you hate his fit? Because I feel like he's a JB Bickerstaff type point guard. He's older, but I wouldn't hate adding Bledsoe to the fold over Rondo. Upgrade over Rondo would prefer Harris. Okay, that he's probably third on my I, priority I, list. I haven't. I yeah. agree with you, but like if in terms yeah, of the grand scheme, I, I go. Yeah, I I just go wing who can shoot. Yeah, because like that oh, is that, like the, the roster weakness, yeah. you know. And like I I would take like honestly, I I think we get to the playoffs. Like Karis Levert's probably somewhat your backup point guard. Anyway. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So I think you and I agree that we have Gary Harris one. 
I think Eric Bledsoe is the least of my priorities. With the Cavs added to him, I don't think I'd be that upset. Like unlike some other folks, where I pitched that idea. Tristan Thompson, I feel like he's going to be bought up by the Pacers. I would want him back in Cleveland, just as a backup big, an overall yeah, buy guy. I, yeah, uh, there's some like redundancy maybe with like a Davidson group, but he's also like a bigger guy that can like he's gonna get, I think be better if you needed to if you needed it in a pinch to play him against like Embiid. Yeah in the playoffs or something I, or like follow Giannis for a little bit. I, I would probably trust him to do that a little more than a David just to be a little more physical, but like, I don't know how, like, I don't know if Tristan is, I, I don't know how impactful he is at, at this point, but I, again, like the, the, Evan, the tricky thing about this that I think we should emphasize is whether it's Gary Harris, Eric, Bledsoe, because have to create a roster um, space. I think, yeah, I saw what Keith Smith said. I've been sniffing around, uh, obviously, Kevin Pangos isn't with CSKA Moscow yet, but I do think he will be waived by the Cavs after the deadline, so he is free to sign over back in Europe, but that creates a roster spot, but then that gets tricky too. Do you want to bring in another player, or do you want to like guarantee the contract of Brandon Goodwin for the rest of the year, and then maybe he's a two-way spot on somebody else? I would... If you could get one of the guys we're talking about, I would pick that oh, over Goodwin. But I think other, yeah. If you could get Harris Thompson or or Bledsoe, you get one of those guys, or like, just you you, you can get one yes. of them, right? I would go with one of those guys. But if not, I would probably go Goodwin, and then um, just because because I think you've seen, I, I guess we've just seen him be impactful. But I th- this I, I would suspect. I would suspect they could get one of the guys, you know, because like obviously I think like the Nets, the the Lakers, just because of the markets and things like you think some guys might go there. But, you you know, you might be able to get one of these guys that doesn't go to those other places. Yeah, no, I think that's ideal at the end of the day. Uh, You and I agree that Gary Harris would be the highest on the priority list. Uh, I would probably go. Harris Thompson Bledsoe but again I wouldn't be upset if they signed either of the other two but like Harris is like the the guy I blame Nikias Duncan a very smart very talented basketball writer for putting this idea in my head but Gary Harris unlocks a lot of not a, unlocks or like makes a huge difference but like he's a shooting wing it's one of the Cleveland's biggest needs and I think in the playoffs if you have like a bench lineup of Karis LeVert Gary Harris Kevin Love, Jenny Osmond, like those four are coming off the bench for you. Like that's a pretty solid group to have. Like, and then you can kind of like JB Biggerstaff as a coach who likes to mesh his starting lineup with his bench units as well. Like if you sprinkle in all that shooting options and then Karis LeVert is like a bigger point guard that you play in those scenarios, you have some really interesting rotations and wrinkles you could really roll out too. Like there's a lot of like depth yeah. and options that the Cavs suddenly have on their hands. And also you have the factor in Larry Markman too. That's technically another shooter too, who is coming back eventually. Um, like mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of options. So like, yeah, Gary Harris is like high on my wish list. So at this point, barring anything unforeseen, I don't see the Cavs really making another trade at this juncture just because I mean, Boston's made it over abundantly clear that Dennis Schroeder is available. I think ideally, like if the Cavs were able to get him, great. Like that's a young upgrade at the point guard spot. And I think you might get, do you get his bird rights? Does Boston have his bird rights right now? I don't think they do. No, Boston, Boston, no, but he's in a, he's in a situation that whoever trades for him is, is it's a rental. unless the unless he's going to take another discount. Is, yeah, it's okay. a rental. Like it is. And the only thing yeah, is he, if he, the Cavs are able to trade for Schroeder, you're going to have to sacrifice one of that Davis or Kevin Pangos along with probably Dylan Windler. And the only luxury of that is you open up roster spaces. So when buyouts do happen, you don't have to do this awkward song and dance of who do we have to wave in order to sign this player. 
Yeah, and remember the Cavs are Levertrade created about three hundred thousand dollars in extra room under the tax, so like they do have a tiny bit more flexibility here in new terms of using DPEs and things. So we'll see what the Cavs do. Um, we're recording this, uh, you know, early on deadline day on February tenth. So we'll there's all there's, we have the live locked and NBA show later that you should go check out on on the locked and NBA YouTube channel, and we'll be breaking it down later on Thursday into Friday morning uh, before we get to Cavs Pacers. Levert already gets his homecoming game uh, in Indiana. Hope that hope the hoop. Shouts to the video editor who has to do the tribute video, like in rapid succession for Karis Levert, because that is just, you know, that's like a 48 hour turnaround time or whatever. Uh, but Evan, any any final thoughts, any any last things you want to say before we, we eject, hit the eject button? No, man, um, it's 29 feeling fine. I uh, I got hard out in a few minutes, so I'm not going to really stall too much here. But yeah, no, it's uh, the Cavs are fun. It's hard to believe that they are this good. It's, I think that's just a consistent question is how, and I really have no logical explanation. This Cavs team has bucked a lot of conventional trends. I think winning fixes a lot of things and Darius Garland going nuclear fixes a lot of things too, but yeah, the deadline day is going to be chaos. It's nice not to really have the stress about it and I can just kind of enjoy my day a little bit. Yeah, excited to check out the Lockdown Show. Go check that out. Um, if something else happens, Evan, one of Evan and I'll I will be, be there. Sliding through there to do some. You know, we'll we'll be doing some chatting. Uh, we'll. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. Oh, uh, but if you want a great second like listen to check early LeBron era warm up top. That's fun too. Okay, now make your second listen today. Lockdown Bet your daily one stop shop for all your. For all your gambling needs, Lockdown Bets, hosted by Euroboard Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Be well, everyone. Be safe. Subscribe, rate, review, etc. See you tomorrow.